What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, we just got done watching the new Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker. As a little bonus to the end of this show, after we, you know, after we're done talking about the things that we normally talk about, we will uh, we will talk a little bit about Rise of Skywalker. But uh, I'm pretty jazzed, I think, just because we saw the movie. So this should be a fun show. Yeah, me too. I'm still buzzing about that film and thinking about all the stuff, and then have some extra questions that we we could discuss another time. But uh, but yeah, I was you know it was still buzzing for sure. All right, so just to let some folks know about kind of our plans for this show and the next few shows, um, <clears throat> this is our, uh, we'll, we'll, we usually do the Raw 93 recaps. We are skipping that this week, and we are going to do two Raw recaps next week, so we'll basically end WWE's 1993 Raw next week with two shows or two recaps on the last two shows before we change over to our, our new segment for for 2020 uh next week there's gonna there's no head-to-head competition so we won't have the wednesday night war to talk about so we'll save that we'll save the raw recap for next week um also next week uh i think and this is not 100 percent sure but i'm pretty sure that Duan and i are going to record and we want we're going to talk about uh the the top 10 fights to make in 2020 from the boxing side of things so because you know there's no wednesday night competition we'll have a little bit of extra time and and doing and i will we'll do something as long as everything works out because with holiday schedules you never know but that's the plan and then at some point before the beginning of the new year i want to get someone to talk some ufc i have a couple of couple of people i have in mind that i've sent some feelers out to so hopefully that works and because uh, ufc has a very interesting q1 for 2020 that uh, could really make their year. So just kind of, you know, letting people know about those two things because we're not really talking boxing or MMA at all this week just because of things, but I do have some irons in the fire for uh, for the next couple shows. So the other thing I wanted to mention is, uh, one, we are ad-free this week, so you won't get to listen to me read read an ad of, of one of our great sponsors. So we are not sponsored by any any specific product today. Just, you know, on the Blue Wire Network. Um, and we are, we've talked about our segment for 2020, our weekly segment that we're going to do on Ric Flair called We Want Flair. And um, next week we will have the first six matches that we are going to go, which would cover the first six months of next year. We already mentioned the first two, which is back-to-back. The, the January and February will be Ric Flair against Tatsumi Fujinami, the, the first match from the Japan Super Show, and then the second match, which was at Super Brawl and kind of leads, to, uh, leads toward him leaving WCW. So we'll have those two matches to talk about. Uh, in 2020, the first two months, but we will figure out the next four and uh, we'll have that laid out for everybody. So you'll know the matches, you know, if you want to, if you want to kind of follow along with us, you can kind of get your, you, you know, get, get your WWE network going and ready for the, for the first six. Um, just lastly, you know, last thing always, we, you know, we want to talk about, you know, the word of mouth of this podcast and, you know, getting, you know, getting people to uh, to listen in and check it out. If you are if you are able to, you know, 
just by word of mouth, let you, let your friends know uh, to listen and to join our, our Facebook group. And you can find the Facebook group at Fight Game Media on Twitter. The the pin post. That's that's the best way to do this. You know, we will we have. I I mentioned that I have some ideas for 2020 about how to get a few more listeners. But the best way to do it is just you know if you enjoy it, pass it on, and uh, and we appreciate that. And we also appreciate Apple Podcast subscriptions and reviews if you are on the uh the iphone there uh you know i think our reviews probably doubled in the last uh in the last month or so so that that was awesome to see really appreciate everyone leaving a review though i did get a negative review because i changed the uh i changed we changed over from soundcloud to the to the new feed at art 19 and in doing so i I took off a lot of the old audio on soundcloud which is uh big d's uh 30 for 30 wrestlemania 30 for 30 i hosted those for him i did like the first I think 19 or 20 shows with him. And then we brought on, uh, his, his, our, our buddy, Brandon Draven and Jason Hagelm was actually on the first several of those two. So, uh, I actually took those off the feed because it was not an active feed anymore. And I got a lot of, I got one negative feedback. We got a one star because all of a sudden he can't find the 30 for 30 podcast anymore. Oh, well go, go ask big D. He has them. See, he'll send them to you. Uh, okay. So, Let's get going here. So before we talk about the um, the uh, Wednesday Night War, a couple of uh, a couple other things I wanted to talk about before. And I know you know the Wednesday Night War is always kind of our main event, anyways, when it comes to how much we spend on a specific topic. Uh, there have been rumors, and these rumors have existed for the last few months, that Edge was thinking about a comeback. And I, th- those rumors are starting to pick up steam. I think I saw. Um, Pro Wrestling uh, Insider maybe maybe had a story about that. I didn't click the link, but uh, I saw something from them. But I haven't seen anything on the Observer website, nothing in this week's Observer. So I'm not sure what's going on with Edge, but the rumor has been out there that it's possible that he is going to get cleared so that he could make a comeback. Um what are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, we've seen you know Daniel Bryan come back from concussions. Edge has a little bit of a different problem, but it's very similar to the injury that you have. Um, and I was just kind of getting your thoughts on you know on Edge deciding to uh, to try and uh, put the tights back on. Makes me a little nervous coming from a serious neck injury to get back in the ring. If that's what truly what happens. Um, I'm also trying to think of the matches, too. If he does come back, what will he add? I mean, he adds star power and a name from the past. Um, He was always very talented. But what matches do you want to see? What matches are going to draw for him? What matches? Is it going to be a short run where he comes back like Batista for a quick WrestleMania thing? Or, you know, or is he in it for the long haul? Um, I assume if he does come back, he'll be definitely on a shorter schedule, you know. He won't be doing house shows or whatnot, but he'll be doing Raws or SmackDowns and pay-per-views. But, I mean, it doesn't really that excite me. I don't know. It doesn't get – I mean, it kind of piques my interest a little bit, but nothing to where, like, I, I can't wait for this to happen. I mean, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Um, I think he could do some cool matches, a lot of great talent in the roster. I know, like, our friend Dave Dutcher mentioned AJ Styles. I mean, he can work Seth, Seth Rollins. There's Reddy Orton. Um, stuff with history with him. But um, not much really deep history with a lot of people there, though. I mean, there's no John Cena right now. But though he could come back and do a match with him or something like that. So, I don't know. So, here, here, here's, here's, what, here's what I'm wondering. Okay. 
you as as a booker when you bring somebody back like edge he hasn't wrestled since i believe it was um wrestlemania 27 i think that was his last match that he did with um uh, alberto del rio that opened up that pay-per-view so we are now talking uh what what are we like nine years since uh since having an actual match something like that I mean, he may have done some small stuff since then, and, and I, I could be wrong, but I think that was the last match because he had to retire soon thereafter. So, obviously, been off TV. has done has done some stuff on Raw whenever they bring Legends back, so it's not like he's fallen completely off the face of the earth to the, this new WWE audience. But if you bring him back, like you said, he's not really connected to any anyone outside of maybe Randy Orton or John Cena. Do you bring him back to put somebody over or do you bring him back to try and sort of reinvigorate uh, a little bit of a a buzz to WWE and maybe treat him like uh, someone who could actually help them with ratings and box office and stuff like that? I think it'll be a short-term ratings boost, but nothing long-term, you know? I think think it'll wear off because Randy, I mean, sorry, Edge wasn't that big of a star in my opinion he was a a wrestling star but i don't think he was anyone that's gonna like bring anyone back really to, to well he growth. did he did he did move ratings when you remember when he beat john cena he was the i think wasn't he like the first money in the bank guy mm-hmm. and he and he beat john cena he did bump ratings for raw with that first title run and Which was then like three to four weeks though right and then when they split the brands he was like the top guy on smackdown for for several years so he did carry the you know the the ratings on that show um I just I, I so you know he's you know in in today's world of WWE where nobody is really a draw and it's sort of the brand and only the only people who can really you know draw is like someone like The Rock or or you know Cena until the very end there he you know he was a mover but nobody else has really been able to do that and I do wonder if he could do that for a little bit because he was you know he 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 had a really great character and people wanted to see him whether whether it was get beat or 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 what but he did seem like uh he was kind of one of the outliers when it came to that when you know when when no one could really move stuff like edge for whatever reason could move it a little bit A, a little little bit nothing major and also think his best work is as a heel than as a baby face and i think you're not gonna want to bring him back as a heel right away because you know he's gonna get cheered so I don't know. I, I just don't. I, I I'm not excited about it. I was more excited about Batista coming back, honestly, than um, than Edge than Edge coming back. So I, I was thinking of matches, right? Like we think of dream matches or dream angles to bring him back. And I looked up and down the WWE roster. And I didn't really see anybody that I was like, wow, I would really love to see Edge have a match. And and part of, I will admit part of that is because it, it is now a, you know, uh, an, uh, a 40 or early 40s or I, I don't, actually I don't even know how old he is, but, you know, he's in his 40s. And it's a 40s edge versus a 2005 edge or or, you know, 2008 edge. And I was kind of thinking, you know, we, we talked about AJ Styles and my my thought was, OK, like, you know, we, we've done this with AJ Styles, like 
every year. Like he's gonna have a dream match with somebody, and then it's like, yeah, it's good. It's like three and three and a half stars, four stars maybe, but we end up just being disappointed because we're waiting for that classic. And I think the same thing would happen here. It would be it would be kind of fun, but ultimately, if, if, if when you do that, you know, if you don't get this great great match, I think people feel a little deflated. But then I was thinking about from a program perspective, um, doing something with Randy Orton as part of a tag team could be fun, but it would limit the possibility of, of, of the draw there, I think. But there's no, like, they have so few star stars that that could, you know, be be something that, that I would look forward to. Like, you think about their guys, like Seth, like, you know, you everyone's going to, that's probably going to be the first or second name out of somebody's mouth. I'm tired of that program and it has not even started yet. It's not even being thought of. That's how much I dislike Seth and Edge together, uh, you know, to do a match. Roman would be great, but, you know, Edge would have to be a heel. And like you said, coming back, it's probably, you know, he's going to probably be a baby face and his wife is an announcer for the, for NXT. Um, Brock Lesnar, you know, whatever. I know they had matches before. Um, and then you look at someone like Braun Strowman. Nope, that doesn't seem like a, an interesting match. I was just like, hmm, you know, Drew McIntyre. But then that's a situation where you're using Edge to maybe get Drew McIntyre over. No one wants to see The Undertaker and Edge again. CM Punk, I could see to a to a degree if you don't want to u- utilize either guy uh, with your current roster. But yeah, like there's nothing like the, the, the one that you mentioned to me that I liked the best was Edge and, and Randy Orton as a tag team getting a rated RKO back together. But then the tag team scene is so down in WWE like it would have to be a a legends match it wouldn't be going for the tag titles or anything like that it'd be more with like a program with a heel stable like a Seth Rollins and someone else and maybe AOP maybe Christian comes back too maybe it's straight RKO plus Christian versus you know versus uh, Seth and AOP you can do stuff like that and branch things off of that but I mean, I don't know how how Christian is right now for to wrestle. I think he's probably he's probably fine to do a few matches here and there. So, um, yeah, it's it's like I said, I'm not really excited about it, so my mind's not racing and thinking all these ideas for it. But because I just I'm just not and maybe because I was never really a big Edge fan. I liked him. I liked certain parts of his runs. I just didn't. Uh, I just never was like, wow, man, this guy's something special, in my opinion. So I just never felt that about him. That's interesting because. He seems like the kind of guy who would, uh, you know, if you're if you're using your your booking mind, you know, when he comes to WWE in 1997, the end of 97, like, and he kind of looks like he looks like a rock star. Like that's how that that was his look. I would think that you would be like, wow, that's somebody that I could actually do something with. I just didn't really. I wasn't into the Edge character when he debuted. I mean, I was curious a little bit about him because they didn't really tell much. It was just these little, you know, vignettes of him running around New York City, wherever the hell it was. Um, but I didn't really get into him that much until the Edge and Christian stuff with Angle is when I found I found him entertaining. But I found him part of an act with the major leaguer like Kurt Angle, you know, main eventer like Kurt Angle. So I just never, and I, just, I don't know, I don't know. I also didn't like his offense. I remember I like, thought his moves were stupid. <laughs> a lot of them, like a lot of the moves I thought look, look goofy. Um, I did like the stuff with Lita 
you know, I thought that was good stuff. The rate, you know, rated, rated, uh, rated R Edge. I thought that was, that was cool. At, at the same time, like I never thought, like, wow, man, I can't wait to see him versus anyone. You know, the only time I ever really got pumped for a match that he had is the most latest run was it was towards the end of. Remember he had that long program with Cena. Mm-hmm. Like it went forever, like almost every pay per view, to a point where I was just like exhausted of it, right? But they had like one more match, or one like a last man standing or something. And I remember they cut him and Cena both cut these great promos on each other to make me like want to watch that match. And that's like the last thing I really remember him doing anything of 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 special of note, you know. Okay, so I'm sure we'll hear more about this, and and we'll have more thoughts if he is really uh, going to be back. Um, I wanted to kind of change subjects here, and this is something that I wanted to talk about last week, but we didn't really have the time to do that last week. The Wrestle Kingdom, uh, the Wrestle Kingdom show uh, this year is Wrestle Kingdom 14, and this year. They're doing two Tokyo Dome shows, so their traditional January fourth show, and then they are doing uh, January fifth, like the the next day. And the, the the time difference is actually pretty interesting because for us on the on the West Coast, that January fourth show actually starts at uh, just after midnight, and then the January fifth show is like at ten p.m. that same day for us. So I, I'll be able to watch at least the second day live uh, and I'll have to watch the first night on, you know, some sort of delay and, and stay off of the uh, off of the Internet. But this is something that I always thought WWE should do. I remember uh, it was probably WrestleMania 33. I think that was the Orlando show when we were watching it at, at Big Dave's house. And I was just like, God, this show's so long. Like, can we split this thing into two days? Like, this way they can have two main events, and you can, you know, you can have these, you know, good matches for these main events, and this crowd's not dead. And so, I, you know, I always thought that that was a pretty good idea to get, you know, two gates to, you know, draw two gates. And then this year for New Japan, that that that's the that's the thing they're going to try to sell the Tokyo Dome out for two straight nights. What is your thoughts on like having this week? You know, the, this back-to-back show. Uh, obviously, if you're a um, if you're going to be there live, like I'm sure that's pretty exhausting. But it could be even exhausting for us as uh, you know as uh, as just fans watching on uh, New Japan World. I think it's a little bit much, honestly. I think two shows, major shows, is a little too much. I'd rather have it be one show with a lot of bigger matches and then you can kind of condense the undercard like with the rumble or multi-man match something like that but i'm a, i'm a little i'm a little like i'm 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 into, I'm into it i'm looking forward to it i'm just not as hyped and excited as i was for the past maybe because i'm just there's no real matches there's there's matches i think are gonna be really good it's just nothing that really makes me like, ah, oh, man, I can't wait to see this, this match. And it, maybe earlier in the year it was Jericho and Tanahashi. But once I saw, you know, um, <laughs> old man rocker Chris Jericho now, I've seen him like every Wednesday night. I'm starting to like kind of – that match is not look, looking special to me, honestly, anymore. I mean, I think it would be a good or what, match. Or what, what about the way that Tanahashi's been booked lately? I don't know. I've really been watching. I didn't watch the tag tournament stuff. I watched a handful of matches of Jeff Cobb's matches, but um, I haven't really paid attention. I know he's getting himself in good shape, though, I heard. 
So, yeah, because he's got a bodybuilding contest. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think it'll be a good match. I think you know, I think they'll they'll be smart as they they as they both are. But uh, you know, Ibushi stuff will be good. Okada's going to be great. Uh, Naito will be great. I mean, they're you know, uh, Hiromu and Osprey. I'm actually interested in to see Hiromu in there. But I, we kind of got a glimpse of a tag match recently with them. So it looks like that's going to be over the top and wild and hope no one comes out injured on that one but uh, they're going to pull out everything and that should be a pretty emotional match too so that's probably the most I'm interested in and uh, you know Liger's last stuff to see Liger's last match how they handle that and I'm sure it'll be special but I mean I'm, I'm also sure they're not going to get too much time with him as well you know so they announced the rules and stipulations for Moxley and, and uh, Lance Archer in the Texas death match no, go, no way <laughs> kind of, some kind of hardcore match for Moxley. Wow, I'm so glad he left. So, the w- I'm so glad he left the WWE to be himself. You know, just to do garbage matches all the time now. <laughs> no, but at least at least he's uh, he, he's able to be a, a top guy at least to to some extent with AEW. Um, the the Texas Death Match. So it's for the U.S. Championship. The match can only be won by a ten count knockout or submission. So yeah, no so pinfalls, but all you know, all, all you could do no count out, nothing. You're just like it's like a no DQ match. It's with, a last, uh, it's a last man standing match. Is what it is. You know, we know WWE. Can you submit? Can can you do a submission in last man standing? You can submit a guy, but they have to answer the ten bell. Hmm. You know, they, you, they, you win a fall, basically. You win a fall, and then they have 10 to the answer. The reason why we just never heard of the term deathmatch is because WWE is not going to use that term. You know, not going to use deathmatch to describe a match. They're going to. That's why the last man standing match kind of came to play. You know, they can't do Texas death or Chicago death or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they had, to, they had to, you know, clean it up a little bit with last man standing rules. Uh, Jeff's not on the show. No. What a bummer! Because you know, w- with as many as many matches as they're having, you know, there's 19 matches on, on both nights. It would have been it would have been great to see Jeff. Yeah, uh, but Carl, Carl Frederick is going to be in is going to be in night one. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, I'm I'm sure we're definitely gonna get the LA Dolce guys on the show. Uh, you know, Jeff will be there next year, I think. So. Um, okay, so let's talk about a little bit about the the booking of the show. So. Kotobushi wins uh, with the G1, and so he gets his title shot at Okada, and that's the main event of night one. The uh, the semi-main is Jay White against Naito for the Intercontinental Championship. So the winner of those two matches face off in night two to basically win two belts, and the losers of both of those matches on night two face off to become the number one contender. If you were booking this thing, how would you kind of kick off your new year with this stipulation? I kind of feel like it's Ibushi's time right now. Um, so I would probably go with Ibushi and Naito as the, the night two main event. Because I think they're also one and one in competition this year. And, of course, we saw one of them at, at Madison Square Garden, which was a... A great match so I, I think i could see them doing the rubber match as the final but i mean it's hard to count out okada you know to what they want to do with him but i just think it's a ibushi's time i just think it's time for him to give them the big belt and and run with him as champ in 2020 and uh, what about in the in the runners-up match like because you're establishing the new contender for that february pay-per-view i think okada can be jay white then 
right? Or do you but then but then you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to beat Okada again, or he's gonna win the belt right back. Yeah, I don't know. Or they go draw. Who knows? You know, I don't know what they're gonna do. Is it the problem with New Japan right now? They need to freshen up their main events too, as well. You know, they have a lot of the same same guys. So you know, it's kind of either way. I'm not really too excited about what they have planned. I mean, unless Tanahashi goes to the title again, because I always like to watch uh, Tanahashi do his thing. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I. You know, Jay White could sneak one out and and be Okada, and Okada lose two nights in the dome. That's interesting. That would be a little but crazy. Then you could also book the you know Okada Redemption you know quest to gain the title again through twenty twenty, maybe leading him to winning G one. Did he win G one this year? No, he didn't win. Two. That was uh, that no. was Bushi. So yeah, everything's running together now. But you know, Okada <laughs> could Okada could win G one and then challenge for the title. Then you know, so we could you know I could see that happening too. So do you have a plan on on what you're going to try to do? Like, how are you going to watch this show with three kids and mm-hmm. all that craziness? Though it is on a weekend, so that makes it a little bit easier for us. This thing, I might have to. Avoid spoilers for night one and maybe catch up on the big matches when my son goes to sleep <laughs> in the afternoon for a nap. Um, I probably can kick out uh, uh, quite a few with that for a few hours. And then um, I, I'm going to try to watch night two live here at home. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll try to get that uh, that done. But if I get spoiled, I get spoiled. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like down to show. But I'm not like super hot like it was last couple years. Mm-hmm. So I think my plan is, I, I, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch the the first show live, but I think I'm going to jump in uh, that morning when the uh, the tag team championship match. So that's uh, the sixth match on the show. So uh, Tangaloa and Tamatanga against uh, Juice Robinson and Finlay. And then do Archer and Mox, Osprey and Hiromu, Jay White, Naito, and then Okada Ibushi. I mean, that's going to probably be two and a half hours of show right yeah. there. So I'll have to figure out in the morning and then go to the gym and watch some more. But then for night two, and and maybe even save the main event, because I think uh, Heartbreak Kid, David Rubio, and I are going to try to watch the main event right before night two. Again, it'll be hard sort of stay away from spoilers. But um, And then night two, try to watch it live, and I think I'll be able to do that, because if it's, you know, usually it's five hours or four and a half hours or whatever, with it being just the uh, the eight matches or whatever, I think it'll probably be four hours or maybe even a little bit less. So you start that thing at 1030, then you're done by, you know, before 2, 2.30. I think that's that's doable. Hmm. Maybe I can try to sneak over there at night, but I don't know if the wife will be comfortable with me leaving, especially when the baby is so early on. So we'll see. But I, mean, I just might. I might just stay here. <laughs> no, you know I love to hang with the boys. Absolutely. All right, so uh, let's actually jump right in. I know you've been dying to talk about this show, which is the uh, the the uh, both shows probably. But I know was one specific show, the AEW show. You probably have a lot of feedback on just from uh, just how how kind of just oddly paced and weird storylines and stuff and just stuff not clicking on that show but um before we talk about the shows just sort of uh, you know review them um what i thought was interesting was with ratings came out today and aew was decidedly down 
the impeachment stuff probably hurt both shows to the to the point of um I don't know. I don't. Can you say a hundred thousand viewers? Maybe for both, because uh, they were both down, and, and NXT had a, a takeover level show and should have. You know, I mean, if any show does a million does a million viewers, this show should have should have been that one. But the interesting thing about the about the ratings is that uh, NXT finally won that eighteen to forty nine demo. The first uh, eleven weeks or ten weeks or whatever of this competition, AEW won that important demo. But for this show, which was uh, you know they they really created a great card. They won they won the ratings, and so it'll be interesting to see if if this is kind of a one week blip or if they can uh, utilize this momentum that really has been been there since uh, Survivor Series to because uh, they've closed the gap since then uh to to keep it going because you know they have uh, they have the they have the roster they have the uh the show as far as you know really the shows are really rhythmic it, it's it, you know they they've been doing this show for years and and um AEW, I think you know they have their work cut out for them because after now you know this these uh, three months or whatever that we've been watching this show, there are a few chinks in the armor. Not saying that you can't come back from that, but there are some things that they are sticking to that I would have hoped that they would have kind of changed courses on. But they're uh, they're definitely trying to play certain things out, and I think it hurts the show when the guys that I think are their best guys are constantly <laughs> losing, <laughs> and I'm just like. Like, this is why I liked you guys, and now all these guys are losing matches. So um, yeah, so so that I think that's the you know that that whole ratings thing is going to be something to watch now that they're so close in that eighteen to twenty eighteen to uh, to uh, forty forty nine. But okay, let, let's talk about it. I know you're you're dying to talk about the AEW show. Let, let's actually go by what I think are the important segments. Let's first talk about the uh, Jungle Boy and uh, Jericho segment. Okay, let's break it down. I thought it was uh, I thought it was overall poorly executed. Um, I thought the match. I thought Jungle Boy wasn't made. I, th- I mean, he was elevated a little bit. He got a little bit of a rub, but nothing. This wasn't a star-making performance. I think he's gonna end up being back in the tag team, of course. Um, I did not like the match layout. I thought. Uh, I thought. I did not like, like to, it's funny because Dutra pointed out this, Dave Dutra pointed us earlier too on, on our little conversation, our little chat we have on Twitter. Um, you know, I don't like that Jericho shows that he can beat him anytime he wanted to and then he got overconfident. I think I wanted to see a little more game Jungle Boy early on. I do want to, I wanted Jericho to be overconfident, but you know, I want to say, oh shoot, maybe I'm in for a little something. Then he gets a little more desperate and starts doing stuff. Um, the main thing I did not like about this nothing to do with the match but the post match um i did not like all of a sudden jericho switches you know comes back for his promo and it's all about moxley i said this from the from the start i felt like this is uh this match between jungle boy and jericho was something that needed to happen in 2020 late 2020 around this time um i think it i because i I knew it's going to be forgotten with the build-up for jericho moxley and that's why i felt at the end of it, I felt like you know it didn't really matter. It wasn't a, a star-making performance by Jungle Boy. I thought, I think this is what they should do with Jungle Boy: keep him in the tag team for now, build up the tag team. Because of course, 
their fans that watch everything they know who jungle boy is right but the tv audience doesn't really know who jungle boy is like they need to establish him more on television i know the things that happened luchasaurus got hurt so their tag team got a little pushed uh, aside for a while but you know start them up get them hot again build it to a tag title make people believe like man this team this team is fun but i really like that jungle jack perry kid i think he could be a star i like to see him on his own kind of like i don't know how you felt this when you're uh, watching the heart foundation when you're a kid when i watched the heart foundation as a kid i thought bret hart was really good and i always thought man what would he be like as a singles wrestler right and he got that run and he became a star. I think you put Jungle Boy in that tag team, you establish him with that tag team, you get him over in that tag team, and then you get people wanting to see him on his own and do stuff on his own. And then I, then you do something where he you know, takes on this big challenge with a veteran like Chris Jericho and then he, you know, I just thought it was I was disappointed because you know we I love Jack Perry I love that kid and I, I know he's going to be a big star in the future I just thought they rushed this because I knew they weren't gonna, they aren't going to follow up on it and it's, he's just going to go back in the tag team it's not it's not going to do what it did for Sting and that's what everyone thought it was going to be like a thing for Sting it's, I knew it wasn't going to be like that at all and um, you know I'm happy for he got this big moment it was cool seeing his family there and all that stuff but I just think they could have executed better. Okay, definitely agree with some of what you said, but how do you know that they're not following up on it? Because that promo proved it to me. That promo with Jericho talking about Moxley. So what do you do with Jungle Boy now? Okay, so... I I mean, I I don't know exactly how they're going to book this, but what it sounds like to me is that Jericho is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm beyond this Jungle Boy stuff. I proved to everyone... And, you know, because, I mean, you, you know, if you're following them on Instagram, they're they're definitely continuing to kind of, you know, Jer- Jericho posted the picture of himself without a shirt on. And then Jungle Boy posted the same pose of himself without a shirt on and, and, and added him in, in, in the photo. So, I mean, it's possible that <clears throat> that Jericho's, you know, they, they don't want this Dean. You, you know, you have a whole month and a half before you actually get to the Dean match or actually close to two months. So it's not like they can just go to the Dean match right now. I feel like we're going to have a rematch uh, of this match at some point before then. And I also could see something to where, you know, Dean and Jericho are, are having a match and, and you know, Jericho's boys kind of come in and, and, you know, Jungle Boy and, and uh, his crew kind of help even the odds a little bit. Like I could see stuff like that. It's it's also possible, like you said, that he just goes back in the tag team and this was a one time thing. But I I don't see that because I don't think Jericho would be okay with that because I think he I think he and probably Tony Khan and all those guys see something in him. The other the thing you what you said is makes sense is you know to do this like slow build i just i don't think that people do that anymore though like it it, you know when they they see the ability to make a star they want to make that star and he meant something if you look at the ratings he meant something in the uh young female audience for sure and that's kind of what that's where he's going to make a difference is is that group but um I, i i the thing that I really, really agreed with both you and Dutra was when Jericho hits him with his old finisher, the the codebreaker, hits it, hits him with it twice, 
and JR and Tony Schiavone are talking about New Year's Eve and where they're going to be in Jacksonville. And and I'm just like, yeah. aren't you going to point out that he just hit him with his old finisher and then he did it again? And like the, they didn't play that up at all, so I thought it made like it made the whole spot look really dumb. Like if if they're not going to get excited, like why should we get excited? And I haven't even really heard a lot of people talk about that when they review this match. It was just sort of like an afterthought thing. You know, you could have done something. You know, they could have done something with that where you know. Jericho does that, you know, pulls him up and is like, no, I'm not going to pin him. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jungle Boy small packages him and gets a close two count. They could have did something like that. And that would have been like, okay, that's a little bit better. But just like no no one really seemed to make a big deal about that. Um, I did like... I did like the thing where, you know, he comes back out to the match and he's like, you know, I, I want an extra five minutes or whatever. And then uh, Jungle Boy starts to pick up momentum. Then he just takes a powder. And he's like, no, nope, I'm done. I'm out. I, I you know, I, this isn't this isn't anything I need to be. I think he I think he did a good job there. But the one thing and we're, some people are going to argue with me and I think you're going to agree with me, but I'm, I'm not even going 100 percent on this. The part where Jungle Boy could probably get a lot better is in the selling of that whole thing and in the facials and in the firing up and in the body language uh like even at the end when jericho left like he just kind of smirked and and he kind of did the thing where he you know he put the fingers you know a little bit apart like where i you know the 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 performance center would it would be great for him to for him to kind of go through the repetitions of how to react in that moment and that situation. I don't know if I necessarily need to see Jungle Boy Russell a WWE style or a Performance Center style, but those things that they are so good at getting people to do, I think would have been, I think that's where he's short on his end of the bargain in this match. Yeah, because after the Lion Tamer, he was just, hey man, I had you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they could have done. They could have, you know, him surviving the lion tamer, and then maybe getting a quick roll up, or or maybe he, you know, survives the lion tamer, is able to, you know, reverse out of it somehow, some way, and lock on some kind of submission of his own. And now Jericho's scrambling, the, you know, the you know, in the middle of the ring, and the in the, in the time limit expires. They could have done something like that. Uh, they could have done a lot of different things. There's a lot of diff- different ways to do this match, but. Um, like I said, I, I was a little, I was a little disappointed in it. I was maybe I was just too hyped for it because I knew it was a big opportunity for Jack, and I wanted him to, to do good. And he did good. I just, you know, I just don't, I just don't think, I just think this is the wrong time. And they need to do slow builds, man. It's all about slow builds, you know. And so to maximize yeah, but, uh, the moment. And, and I, I, I'm with you, but when you know you are promising a a certain demographic uh, rating in a demographic, and you have this head-to-head thing, like look. If WWE doesn't decide to compete with AEW on Wednesday night, yeah, AEW could probably do a lot of long-term storylines. But the second NXT was put opposite on them, it cut into their audience and they had to, you know, now they have to win segments. And so, you know, that's kind of that that's kind of the deal and and the, and the difference in in being able to move slowly. Like for 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 Raw, WWE goes unopposed. 
their or, you know their competition is football or whatever yeah they could take they could take time doing their storylines but for AEW like they're they're trying to win a share of an audience so I could I could definitely see why you know they want to try and create stars which I'm I'm okay with and, and but I also see the you know I also see your point I would like to see them do something to where Jericho the following week or in two weeks you know gets he's talking about Moxley but whoever's interviewing him Shivani or whoever you know brings up you know unable to defeat jungle boy jack perry and like jericho just has nothing doesn't even want to talk about leaves right and maybe this goes on for a week or two and finally jericho's had enough you know like it was a fluke he you know i let him last you know you know i you know there's something and so you know he can i'll wrestle him again if he can beat sammy guevara and so you know Jungle Boy Jack Russell Sammy Guevara beat Sammy Guevara and then they, then they come back with their match with Jericho I think that would be something that would be something cool or maybe you know can you beat Sammy Guevara he, oh, I'll get a title shot he, he, he can get a match with me he beat Sammy Guevara but then Jericho's like you know what no 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 if, if him and Luchasaurus can beat Pride and Powerful or something like that then they can beat something you know keep yeah playing. you know I, I was thinking he, he kind of runs through the gauntlet of all their guys and maybe even beats uh, Pride and Powerful in, in separate singles matches and then Jericho's like no for real you gotta get through Swagger and then he's like you know Luchasaurus helps him beat mm-hmm. Swagger. Yeah, to but get then that he's get over if he just, he sneaks by Swagger. Well, um, he's not. He's, he, but he's never going to beat that guy. Like he can like beat him, by, this he can beat him by count out or something like that. I would buy or something like that. But I wouldn't have him. I wouldn't have Luchasaurus do something to have him win because I just that means he just lucked into that victory. And he could he could uh, X Pac over Scott Hall. <laughs> Swagger too. Hector Garza over uh, Hector Garza over Scott Hall as well, or something. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, so. I, yeah, I just, I just, I just wish I was maybe I had I'd maybe my expectations were way over the top for this match. And... So, do you want to go immediately to the main event angle, or was the, or was there uh, any, you know, there's a Statlander, there's the opening segment with Omega and and Page, where there, I mean, there, talk about slow storytelling uh, in, in an angle. Yeah, but I, it's not interesting to me. I don't know. It's not that, nothing they're doing is really connecting. Um, I thought uh, I I liked the tag match with uh, with Darby Allen and Cody versus uh, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. I thought that was a good match. Um, Statlander and Britt Baker was whoo. That was up there. That was bad. That was uh, Statlander shouldn't be on TV. She's too green, um, and she needs definitely needs someone that can carry her and i don't know if they have that neck in that comp in that company i am really but here, here's a, here's another thing and th- there's there's a parallel here i'm not comparing stat langer lander to 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 jungle boy in, in any way but you see the way that audience reacts to her from a live perspective and you go huh maybe we have something and we can create something here so i get why they like her and and why she's on tv because they're trying to find something organic that they could build up to become that star and you're you're right like from a wrestling perspective she's definitely not going to to have really good matches or or be you know what what we would think of as ready for for television because we've you know we mostly watch people who've been wrestling for a while but there is a way that that crowd reacts to her that is kind of interesting and i could see it being a a little bit uh, intoxicating for those guys to go wow that she gets reactions we need to put her on tv but they're gonna do her just uh you know 
a disservice because she's going to end up having bad performances and people will eventually sour her on that, on that, you know, like this match here was not that good. Britt Baker is not the person to carry anyone. She needs someone herself that could carry her. Um, it was, you know, I think, I think Statlander and the problem with AEW, I don't know what training they have. I don't know if they have like a place where they train or they just, you know, show up every Wednesday. But um, I think Statlander, you gotta, you, it's another one you kind of, kind of bring up slowly, and, and or maybe she's a girl that you sign, but you keep her on an indie that, or does indies that you trust and that can you, you, you actually book her matches on the indies? Like, hey, we want her to work with Mercedes Martinez on a couple of shows, uh, various different promotions, and you know, a, a leader, a, a veteran woman that can, can, that can show her the ropes and get her ready. Um, but yeah, I just thought that. Did you hear? Right. Did you hear her story on how she ended up with AEW? Mm-mm. No. So uh, this was on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio from uh, Wednesday Night Show. Big Dave said that basically WWE had her in the bag as far as uh, signing her and, and you know sending her to the Performance Center. And before she signed the contract, AEW came in kind of like at the last minute and she decided to go with them. And he didn't actually say why. Maybe it was the thought of being on a TV show today versus, you know, being at the Performance Center. Um, That could have been why or it could have been solely about money. I I, I don't know. But it sounds like she was very much ready to go to WWE and AEW kind of slipped in at the last at the last second and uh, and scooped her up. Yeah, yeah, I still, I mean, I don't know how old she is. If she's still in her early 20s, I, if I was her, I would have gone to the Performance Center first, and you can definitely get the training there you need, and they would have got her ready for TV and not rushed her. I think that would have been, that would have been best for her, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 I think she has a ton of potential. I like her. I, I mean, I like her potential. I like what I could probably, you know, do with her and build her up. I would totally drop the alien gimmick. I think that's a big mistake. I think it's too, a little too silly. I I think they should have revamped it a little bit. Like not her necessarily being an alien, but maybe she could be like a, a girl that's a sci-fi kind of geek. That's part of her backstory. It makes her more relatable to a lot of wrestling fans. You know what I mean? Like she's just a big big nerd outside of wrestling, but she's a a great athlete, and you know you know she wants to go for the title but you know she also has this fun geeky side that people can relate to um i the whole alien thing i just uh, kind of loses me with that i you know and granted we grew up with some wacky ass gimmicks mm-hmm. and stuff i mean but like i don't know in this in 2019 i just think it doesn't just doesn't work at all and then you know and, and it's and it's and it's part of the nightmare collective storyline with brandy rose it's just it's just a total turnoff you know i don't the reason i don't have a problem with that brandy storyline that much is because i know it's not a main event thing it's just there for you know for them to do something they're they're trying to do something with people who generally aren't just going to get on tv or get over for matches it's the dark order stuff Mm. that is now the main event angle that i'm like that i'm like okay now now you're doing you're doing some damage to your brand here so why don't we go that you know you mentioned i mentioned the kenny omega thing the like it is what it is i mean but how would you like to be you know who's booking who's booking this guy he loses the tag match then his buddy gets his butt kicked and so he goes to the back then he gets beat up again by the lucha bros and page kind of has to save him a little bit and then he comes out at the show at the end and then he gets beat up again like he, he just kept getting his butt kicked this entire show why are the lucha brothers beating up omega in the back after they beat him in the tag match 
they're just jerks I guess I mean maybe maybe Omega told them that they they need to tag. they need to actually tag before they come in the ring. I mean, my goodness! Like I I, I remember, and it's also of course in the picture and picture right where you're, you're squinting to see what's going on, mm-hmm. and then that, the announcers don't even acknowledge it, and it's just it's just it's just that that was confusing. That confused me most about the whole thing. It's like why are the Lucha Brothers attacking him? They just won. He just beat this guy, and Ray Phoenix was upset about something about that match because he seemed not too happy after that match. He kicked the turnbuckle, and he kind of powdered off. So I wonder what hap- what he was pissed off about during the match, but. And then, and then the Lucha Bros later on came out and did something with SCU, which, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I'm rooting for AEW, but man, there's a, there's a lot that you need to clean up. And, and in my, well, here's, here's, forget Dark Order. Where's MJF? Where is he? Your number one heel in the company. Can I just get out? Give me a backstage promo at least. Give me something. God, my goodness. The uh, and the big star from last week, QT Marshall, no nowhere to be seen. No, I'm just kidding. Of I'm course. just kidding about that one. Uh, so the main event, uh, the main event match was uh, uh, the Young Bucks against SCU in a title match, and I kind of expected them to win the titles here. Like I just thought, okay, they're 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 figuring out that that they need to be the champions and that it's time. You know that that they're the that they're the big the big draw at tag team. And then they just lost the match, like just uh, kind of out of nowhere to me. And um, and then you know the Dark Order stuff happened, and basically all their top stars came in the ring to fight off these bad guys, the Dark Order, who look like uh, ten John Tenta under a mask Golgas to me. And uh, they just they just got everyone got beat up. And I don't know what's I don't know what's going on because to me. Dark Order is kind of a cool, like little mysterious kind of mid card thing, but when you decide to make them the top act, and there is nobody on that team to carry them as a top act. So, like for instance, like you know, Ministry of Darkness. At least you had the Undertaker. Like Midian wasn't leading that group uh, and beating up top baby faces, but that's what this is to me. This is Dark Order. Uh, this is Ministry of Darkness with Midian and not even Viscera. Viscera at least is a name, but Midian as the uh, as as the person leading the charge against your top baby faces. Yeah, this was. Um, I was. You know, I watched NXT first, and so this was the this main event was like the end of the night, and I was actually wasn't tired, but I was sitting there watching this match, and I'm just like, eh, this match is just whatever. You know, a bunch of moves, a bunch of stuff. And the finish came out of nowhere. No one, no one popped. No one cared. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, that, they close the show, and then all of a sudden, here comes the Dark Order, and they start. I'm like, oh my goodness, and then. It just gets worse here because Omega, he gets his butt beat. Dustin Rose gets his butt beat. Cody Rose gets his butt beat. Like he said, by by the Dark Order, who's not over. They're getting beat up by two the two new recruits who are job guys that couldn't last minutes with you know most of the talent on the roster. They're beating people up. You have one guy, the mask guy, trying to punch Dustin Rose, but Phantom punching him <laughs> so bad. Like, dude, this is your big you know, big chance on TV, and you're throwing the worst work punches in history. Like, who the fuck was that guy? Like that guy needs to be unmasked and, and kicked out of the business for throwing those punches. You see those punches? 
Yeah, no, that's it. Was it became a Twitter meme? Oh uh, my god! He's so he's lucky he's wearing a mask. I don't know if they, even AEW knows who he was because they had a break. Who are these guys? But that was bad. That was bad stuff. And man, I don't know, man. I don't think this is gonna this is gonna turn a lot of people off. I, I don't want to see the young bucks and Cody and all them. And then Cody has no time for this program. You know, yeah, Omega yeah. has no time for this program. So I don't even know why they were involved. Maybe because like, well, where's his friends at? I guess that's what they're thinking. But I'm okay if it was just, I don't know if I'm even okay with the young bucks. And maybe and it's the, the anti-Roman Reigns. They, they see Roman Reigns get beat up by seven guys every week and no one comes to his defense. So they're like, <laughs> maybe we can't be like Roman Reigns. I just, I know, man, this is a, this is a tough deal. I don't know what their love is with the dark Order. Order. I know the Young Bucks loved the, the the Super Smash Brother guys. They always did, and they're big support of those guys. But I mean, mid card team at best, main event level heels. No, no. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, and then there's uh, no show next week. So if you are uh, if you turn on that that channel on uh, on Christmas, you are going to see the Wizard of Oz. So don't you don't you don't need to do it. Um, you know what? I never asked you. Did you actually watch the TLC pay per view? Yes. Well, well, halfway. I mean, I fell asleep a lot. I mean, I was yeah. just exhausted from the baby and coming home. Reading like the second night. We, and then, no, yeah, it's the second night being home from the hospital and a long week at the hospital and ups and downs we had with that. And then, um, and then, yeah, just TLC was just like I was in and out. Like you know, I I watched the first two matches and I was good. And actually, you know, I woke up there in the middle of Roman Reigns and <laughs> Aaron Corbin, and I was like, okay. And I went back to sleep, and I woke up somewhere in there, and then I woke up again for the women's uh, main event, and I started watching that. But then I fell asleep, and then I woke up again. It was still going on. Yeah, and yeah. I just yeah, I I didn't no desire to go back and watch any of it. It was uh, you were better off sleeping for from what for I that show. from what I understand that was that's correct correct to get my sleep in during that show. No, I know you like to watch for stuff where people you know get stuff changes in the match and that main event. Um, Kyrie Sane gets pretty messed up and like I don't I don't think the communication was uh, right on during during that until the very end. So yeah, I don't I don't know what happened I don't know what happened here, but I I think the like, heat should definitely go on the the referees on that one because uh, you know i don't know if they did communicate with them the back something should happen because that was a dangerous situation of her being you know knocked out loopy and then having her do a bunch of stuff still it's pretty scary all right so let's talk about this nxt show i don't really i mean up did and you down the show was really good yeah i watched the two hours because i was i was off today so i didn't Thank have to try and god i didn't have to try and, and watch it in in, in uh, speed you know i thought about speed. this like multiple times when i'm watching nxt i'm like i hope garrett's watching this whole show <laughs> <laughs> well i mean yeah it's like as as long as um uh tyler breeze and and uh, and uh fandango as a tag team against uh, the sing brothers isn't on that show then yeah it's worth it's worth watching all the segments but um i you know i think this was like as close as you as close as we're gonna get to a live takeover on the usa network it was up and down like there wasn't a bad match on the show um it started out really hot and it and it kept up you know a pretty decent rhythm and then it closed really strong i mean i you know i have have my sort of nitpicks with with certain things about wwe's uh you know kind of predictable uh, booking but you know this is less predictable than 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 like a raw you know when you when it comes to like um 
you know, Adam Cole and Finn Balor are having a great match. And the only thing that I'm wondering is, okay, how are we going to get some weird finish? Cause I know there's not going to be a clean pin and, you know, they do the, the Johnny, the, 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 um, uh, what's his name? Gargano. Johnny Gargano thing, which is smart because he, you know, Finn is the one who put him out. So that makes sense. But it's, there was just a little piece of me that was like, oh, I just want to see this, you know, without an interruption. Um, and the only thing I can really say about the main event is, Going through the two commercial breaks kind of hurt my concentration on it. Um, and then the other thing is just that I, I just wish this was like a takeover moment because that's kind of the one, you know, the pay-per-view moment is what really, you know, you remember. And they sort of sell that that takeover Brooklyn match between Bailey and Sasha as like the match for women. And I thought this, this, this wasn't going to be that, but it could have been close. And being that it was on TV, it may not be remembered the same way. But that's that's the only thing. I mean, it was the right time. It just there wasn't a takeover to happen right now for it to be, you know, the main event at that takeover. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was great to be on TV. I don't think any issue with that. I think, you know, it's a totally different animal now with the competition and you're, you're, you're they're trying to compete there. And I thought it definitely, I liked, I loved how they built to this match and built to this this whole show. Like, that's where AEW is lacking, where a, NXT is strong. They, they have a good solid build to the next step the next step next step even the opener like man that was such a good match at the same time like they didn't do a lot mm-hmm. like they left you wanting more from them and then of course they continued the johnny gargano story with finn balor so now he's going to be busy with that so you, you can eventually come back to the balor and cole down the line and it's going to be even better because they're going to have a lot they're going to do a lot more stuff when that happens um i, I just thought it was really brilliant i mean I, it was a good good really good match and i just i was just, just smiling because i'm like wow they're just they were just doing not the basics. They're just they're just they're giving you a little taste of what's going to happen in the future when they hook up in a in a in a bigger match, which you know is really brilliant stuff and a, a, a booking art that a lot of people don't really understand. And I just was really appreciative of that, and I appreciate a lot of the booking on the show. I thought the I thought the whole show was overall overall really good. There wasn't a bad match, even though I think the what the worst maybe not the worst match or the weakest match on the show was Eo and Santana. But you know, they but it was kept short, so it was fine. But uh, but other than that, I thought it was, it was a hell of a show. Um, this is like a small thing, and it's like you know, you just said it's like probably the worst match on the show. But it was uh, Eo and Santana Garrett, and so I'm watching this match, and I'm going like, okay, like this is the closest thing to kind of a squash match that that we'll have on this show, and. Morrow and Nigel made a comment that made me think like, oh, okay, this is actually, maybe it's not a squash match where they both said, you know, how long Santana Garrett has been wrestling and where she and Io may have, um, may have worked before and who her trainer was. Like, she said, oh, yeah, you know, Larry Zbysko, Scott Hall. And so I, all of a sudden, like, I was like, because I'm, I'm I'm almost always sort of half working when I watch some of this stuff, and I was like, oh, and I sort of I sort of picked my eyes up because this was going to be the match that I was just going to kind of let go uh, while I was uh, while I was working, and I was like, oh, and I, I picked my eyes up and I watched it because the announcing team made me interested in in sort of the background and and you know the match in of itself, and then I thought I was like, how would Jr. and Tony Schiavone have 
done that and i was like oh yeah you know jr would have would have uh commented on her looking like wonder woman like three times and then they would have talked about something you know relating to new year's day or whatever you know they they wouldn't have paid attention to it and what's funny is is that the thing that made jr great back in the day was he would do exactly that he would make you interested in something that you may not have generally been interested based on the matchup but because of some insight or some small tidbit you're like oh this is actually kind of interesting I, I want to pay attention and it's so crazy how he doesn't really do that anymore uh, he's you know he, he just kind of calls the, the big match stuff but he doesn't actually he's not actually as detailed as he was and, and I really appreciated that with Morrow and uh, and Nigel here yeah no they're 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 great all all night even Beth was was a lot better in my opinion I thought she she added a lot more than usual so I thought she did really really well yeah, yeah you're right no they, they they did a great job of telling some backstory on Santana which is good because Santana was on TV like what once before so you know yeah. it's good to give some backstory maybe they're going to use her more um, I still think there's a lot more work for her to do but you know it's, it's good to get some fresh faces and good to have some enhancement girls on there that people can beat like you know because and it's a good booking this is a solid book match because now you're setting up eo for Rhea down the line and you know they, they had a promo with dakota kai because she's going to be challenging Rhea down the line you know so they're, they're building up stuff for the future in 2020 so we you know you more so than anybody else has watched Shayna's rise to where she is today. I think you booked her second match ever or third match ever, maybe. Uh, I know she had worked at she had worked once in in Las Vegas uh, or Meadows Reno because our buddy Alex Goff uh, saw it and he wrote he wrote up a little something for for the website back then too. But now you know it's uh, what is it? What are we like three years or four three years later since since yeah. she worked? Yeah, and yeah. and. And, you know, it. You know, she's a great athlete, so she was able to climb, and you know, she has the background that she does, which probably made the transition fairly easy. And the passion, but now passion, and, yeah, obviously, you know, she she loved it. She, that's it's, it's something she wanted to do. Now she is at the top of her game when it comes to NXT, but the next level up is something that is probably not going to really suit her style day in and day out with the kind of matches that she could have with someone like Rhea uh, uh, the the uh, on on raw or smackdown day in and day out she's probably not going to be able to have these matches where you know she works a, a bully style and you know she works on, on on a limb and and just kind of methodically walks them down like that's just not really how how those matches are going to work on TV what what what's going to happen here? What do you think happens with her? Does she stick it out with NXT or is she going to the main roster? And if she does, like, you know, we saw the Survivor Series match, which wasn't that good. Like, you know, are we are we getting ready to see her and Becky, you know, go at it? And do you think if that is the case, do you think she is able to adapt the way that she may need to in order to have quality matches on that main roster? What's going to happen with Shane in 2020? <laughs> um, I would say it's going to be pretty big, I think. And I think it's going to be Q1 is going to be pretty big for her. And I think she's definitely going to be on the main roster, definitely at the latest by Royal Rumble. I can see her doing really well in that or having a big presence in that. So um, she'll definitely be involved in a lot when it comes to the main roster stuff. I think they have some big plans for her. Um, you don't put her over Becky and Bailey, no matter what we thought about the match itself. You know, you don't put her over that big in that match without something big coming up 
in the future with her and you know maybe a few others and so um it's gonna be i think she's in for some big stuff in the main roster i think she's gonna be uh, well protected i think they're gonna book to her strengths and i think she'll do well so to me if you are planning big things for her i think she's got to win the royal rumble mm-hmm. um but my worry with her is if she doesn't click, she is not a Vince McMahon type of woman wrestler because there's always he's always going to be able to pick out something uh, about a look or something or a style like, oh, you know, she's you know, she she wrestles too much, you know, like this or whatever. And so I, I if, if, you know, like you said, if she's protected, then then great, because. I think she is so different than everybody else that they have that that it'll be awesome. Um, But if she's not protected, I'm very fearful for those reasons because she doesn't necessarily she doesn't she she doesn't wrestle a style that is easily adaptable uh, because she's not you know, she's not. It's not in her best interest to bump like crazy for somebody else or to wrestle a faster high spot style like that. That's not to her benefit. And so I, I am a little bit worried on the on the main roster for that reason. Um, but, you know, I'm very hopeful because I, I really enjoyed her. And I think her run on NXT, you know, she, she didn't have four star matches every time, but she had a believable style that made you believe that okay this this woman is an ass kicker and you know that's not, that's kind of hard to do in in uh, this day and age in professional wrestling yeah, and people gotta understand too like fans have to understand like every match can't be a four-star match or whatever or higher like there's certain people that have tell different kind of stories and Shayna is a different style wrestler she's not supposed to be pro wrestler she's supposed to be an ma fighter doing pro wrestling so she's supposed to bump different she's supposed to she's not supposed to be similar to what you see now and i think that's going to carry over to the main roster um i'm not worried about vince and her at all um i think vince will be pretty busy this year with doing other stuff i think uh, which will be good for the main roster um and i know he likes to micromanage things and i know he's going to be involved somewhat but i think this year alone with the xfl and all that kind of stuff you know getting going i think i think vince has to take a little bit of a backseat to the pro wrestling stuff especially for year one of xfl so um you know in the future though like year 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 two down the line for shana that might be things might get kind of tough for her but um you know but I, you know because you can only do certain storylines for so long and you know how when people get long in the two in places but um i mean at least for early 2020 i think she's going to be in a great spot i think they're going to feature her big and i think she's going to be in uh, a major storyline well what do you do with patterson and briscoe i mean uh, marina I they're going to be with her as well i mean um I mean, they're not, they're not Patterson and Briscoe. They're, they're, they're. They got their butts kicked again. They came down to double team Rhea and she wiped them out one against two. I'm telling you, that's, that's their spot though. That's their role. And plus they're not, they're not ready for long matches. They're not ready to have these big matches. So how do you use them in their best of their ability? You have them as the thug, the, the, you know, they, the distraction. So where Shayna can, you know, and that's adds more heat to Shayna because Shayna's such a dominant person. Like she doesn't need any help from anyone, but she does because she's a heel and that's what heels do. They take shortcuts and you know, that's, that's their job. They're there to help her out and then they can do tag matches. They can do six women tag matches with her. And that's fine. I, I'm just saying it would be nice to see two 
legitimate fighters come down to beat up one person and be able to do it successfully one time. That's all I'm asking. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't know the credentials of Maria Shafir. You know what I mean? They, you know, they're, 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 she was never featured on UFC. Jessamyn Duke, you know, wasn't a main eventer in UFC. So she, you know, a lot of people that watch UFC or the casual audience don't know who these people are. They, they really didn't even know Shayna. Shayna really got over the wrestling audience through the booking of NXT, not just because, you know, being one of the four horsemen, the Ronda Rousey, you know, they just focus on that a little bit. But, you know, on her own, she got over on her own. But, you know, the difference between Shayna and the other two girls Shayna has a little bit more passion for this, has a little more personality than the other girls do. So she got over on her own, you know, with the booking that the NXT gave her, and you know she hit a home run with it. And you know, but the other girls are they, they have they have their spot, they have what they had their job to do. And like I said, it adds to the Shayna Baszler package. And and they can like if they ever have Ronda come back, they can definitely do the four horsewomen with them. And they'll be. But fine. they can't do it with them as Patterson and Briscoe though. They got to they, hopefully they'll fine. build them up. They'll be fine in tag matches you know they can come in quickly they're not going to be exposed in long singles matches which they shouldn't do you know they're just not ready and to be them. the f- and be the first two people eliminated Th- that's their job that's their role that's okay <laughs> i mean you, you mean the, the nwo had the nwo white black and white for a reason you know what i mean they needed people to do jobs right and so you know that that's that's just marina and jessman's there that's their that's their role the group you know all right, so I think that's it, unless there's anything else you want to talk about on NXT. Well, we didn't talk about the main event, the women. We just talked about, you know, we didn't really talk about the match. Did you like the match? I love the match. I thought the match was great. I thought the match was good, uh, really good. Um, I think, you know, the one of the pitfalls of uh, of having Shayna work that arm the way that she did is that knowing that Rhea had... The, she has that submission move as one of her finishers. You know, she she wasn't able to do it, but then all of a sudden she's able to do it. And sort of the the reason why I say pitfalls because she had to do that move because that's one of the moves in her move set. But you know, w- with a with a badly damaged arm, probably kind of impossible to to do that in, in a real fight. But that, that's really the only qualm I had with the match was just that spot and the, the fact that it went through stinking two commercials so i was like dying to see what happened in between those uh in between those uh probably what six minutes of commercials or whatever i'm sorry i'm trying to f- figure out why you had an issue with the arm thing like it didn't really i mean it it didn't really deliver uh you know she was injured she her arm was hurt but like it didn't affect a lot of the moves that she did like in a real in a in a realistic just that's case just that submission move because that in that submission move the reason why it works is because she's a really strong woman and in order to put that submission move on it's all based on her her arms like no it's that, not, that's how she, it's based on her back strength and her inner power and her shoulders and then she's using her dominant hand which is her right hand her left hand was hurt and she's fine. It also doesn't even affect her finisher, the pump handle slam, because the left hand is used to cradle the head, to base it. She uses the right hand for power and her back and her legs to lift, and her legs also for lifting for submission. That's why I, I thought it was fun. I thought I actually thought it was, it was a ju- good it was, match. It was it was just the submission move because she was she was also stuck in a, in a, in a I think she was stuck in a sleeper for a little bit but mm-hmm. she was stuck in that move selling 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 and all of a sudden she did you know she did her whole Colgan thing for a little bit which is which made her sort of impervious to that which is fine I'm just saying that 
because of that that submission move that she uses because it she has to use her arms i just thought like oh if, if i want to point out a flaw in the match like a lot of the the non-selling that happens in 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 these high spot matches that we call out that's that's the one that I think it's fair if, if we're going to be unbiased about it to call out like, yeah, OK, I could see that being something that, you know, you kind of overlook when you're when you're doing a comeback. Well, yeah, you also got to think about the, you know, the adrenaline and all that kind of stuff. The big comeback we want from ba- we want from baby faces. Right. Remember Hogan? Like he, mm-hmm. You know, we want that. That's that star making stuff. I think it's great. But they, but but in Hogan's era, they weren't doing this work on a body part submission style you know they would you know he'd be stuck in a bear hug or you know they'd they'd work they'd work so the back is injured the bear hug i mean he makes a big comeback and he's okay you know what i mean like he just has that adrenaline rush that feels the hulkamaniacs she felt the Rhea maniacs but it's a little more not not as hogan-esque uh comeback but i thought it was really the the the, but the, the bear hug is not like a it's it's like like the reason like I said the reason why she, reason why Shayna works is because she's real and we saw her in UFC so we know that she's got these we, holds that she can do we saw her in the UFC but I'm telling you the fans learned her through NXT this, these wrestling fans became you know know her through UFC through, through sorry to NXT and it's the building of years of the last couple of years she's been in NXT of her just choking out girls left and right to really build that move up so and it finally you know and it finally someone reversed it it just made Rhea such a bigger star which I which I love no 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 I, I, I was I was fine with that it was just the arm that was it because she they they um they they did a lot of work on the arm where she slams it against uh, again on the steps mm-hmm. she steps on it on the steps and then she's tweaking it out and it's bending in different ways and and then she's getting posted and all that stuff so she's like shaking it out shaking it out shaking it out and then all of a sudden she just put on that submission hold and I was like mm, okay that's the only part of this thing where I was kind of like eh maybe maybe if i'm gonna critique it or, or be nitpicky like we're nitpicky about some of the high spot stuff then uh you know that the indie guys do when they don't sell things up that's the one thing i'm gonna be you know particular about but otherwise my only critique is i wish i could just watch the whole damn match instead of having to sit through all those commercials yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad i mean i, I don't know i i watch like on a delay so i can fast forward through commercials so this really bugged me but uh, but no, I thought I thought that was a really great night. And I liked how they ended it with the well. I don't know. I don't know if there were fans or some look like mixture of NXT. It reminded me of the Daniel Bryan Yes Movement <laughs> inside the ring. It would have been nice to have more people on the floor too, like a, just a just sea of people or her. You know, they're all just in the ring. But it it been cool to have some more fans, quote unquote, sprinkled on the floor doing that chant and uh like i said overall i thought the show was really good um i also want to point out how much i loved killian dane versus damon priest match i thought that match is really well done um, that was a fun match i i'm just trying to figure out i'm trying to figure out the damian priest character there's a mysteriousness to him which, which i guess is good because it makes him intriguing um and he's a really good athlete uh a good physique he looks 
I'm just trying to figure out like what what is he a baby face is he a heel like what is his character mm-hmm. because and hopefully you know hopefully we'll learn more about him in in these next couple next couple months because he's he's got he's interesting to me but I just don't know how to feel about him quite yet yeah yeah they're still they're still building him up but yeah I agree he he has good size he's good look he's he's older so they kind of have to he's you know he has no time to be you know left in developmental for a long time but i think he's a really good athlete um he has a great voice you know he stands out he's like he feels like a man he's a man he is a man you know compared to a lot of the people you know that look like boys now you know out there um same thing with killian i think killian's such a good worker i think he's a really great i think he's a great worker i mean after this matchup i mean i was loving this match i was like this match is so damn good because you, you know why they had a simple story of Damian Priest's red being hurt and killing Day 100% every move he did in his offense was to the rib, to the rib, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. again, again, big drop kick, a, a stomach breaker, um, uh, various different moves and holds, and like he never let up. He never let up. And I love the fact that Priest made that comeback. I love that suplex spot they did where, like, Priest couldn't really get him up for that suplex at first. And he just fucking had that adrenaline rush and suplexed him. Like, that was just good stuff. And they were in a tough position because they followed the first match, which is between... Uh, it was just a great match between two of the top stars in the company, right? Mm-hmm. So the crowd is going to be down a little bit. They're going to have their adrenaline dump a little bit. So, but I thought they did a really good job. I, I, I really, I really want to point out that match. I, I just absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. It was good damn pro wrestling. Like I said, I think Killing Dane's one of the best big man workers in the business today, and that no one's really given him credit for. But I just think they should because he's he's, he's something special. And I think Priest is going to be a star. I think he, I think he'll be. Part probably main roster sooner than later um you know because i like i said his age and and i uh, i think he he'll be you know i think sometime in the spring maybe after wrestlemania he can definitely be up there well that was definitely a better match than the one at the nxt house show between killian dane and uh jonah rock or what, what's jonah rock's new name bronson reed i think i think his name yeah where for they did two and a half minutes of both of them pulling their straps down on their singlet to show that they were out of shape. But uh, in Bronson Reed's uh, point of view, he he might be out of shape, but he's handsome. And to Killian Dane, he might be out of shape, but he's hairy. Mm-hmm. And they did that thing for like two and a half to three minutes. House and, then they had, and then they had a match that was like... I was just like, man, like I've seen Jonah Rock ha- have a match with Jeff Cobb at PWG where he's like an athlete and like a big dude. And he and Jeff are just like moving the ring around. And in, in this house show match, it was all comedy. And he was just yeah. the fat boy who lost the match. I was like, ugh. yeah, it could be just, yeah, it's just a house show match. Um, did you like Cameron Grimes and Kushida? Yeah, no, he's great. I, I'm bo- I've, both of them are great, but I didn't think I was going to like Cameron Grimes as uh, his character when I when I first saw it. But he's really he's really good. He he's even he's even better than I realized he was when I heard you know heard of him on the indies. Like I'm really impressed. By yeah, him. yeah, same thing. I mean, uh, Trevor Lee, I didn't care about, but all of a sudden now I I really really digging Cameron Grimes. I was very shocked by him uh, <laughs> going over in this match, but uh, but uh, that, that's good. I mean, I I, I thought. 
why he shouldn't be losing anytime soon earlier. So this is nice. And Kushida has the, such a long tenure and long history and not necessarily next T, but in professional wrestling, people respect him. So like beating Kushida doesn't really hurt Kushida, but only elevates camera Grimes. So I, re- I really enjoyed that. But aren't they like split or something? Yeah. So they could have their, um, you know, on a future episode of NXT, they can have a, uh, a rubber match. So, yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm cool with that too. Okay, so um, we're going to end the show here as far as the wrestling uh, portion of it. So um, I don't know what time what time are we at? Probably over an hour, like almost an hour 20. So we'll, we'll wrap up the show here, and I'll actually do a close. And for those who want to stay on, we're going to do like 15 to 20 minutes on uh, Rise of Skywalker that we just saw earlier wait, today. So Wait, are we doing spoiler or spoiler-free review? Mm, I mean, I don't know if you can do a review of this movie without spoilers. <laughs> we could do. I don't know. It might be too early for no, look, spoilers. Look, look, look. If people don't want to hear spoilers, they just turn the show off now. Like, okay. All right. just turn it off. It's 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 done. I'm very sensitive but, about spoilers. You know me. Like, I won't even talk. I, know, to you. But, I don't even want to talk to you after we got out of the theater. Like, I don't, let's wait till we get to the car. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to ruin it for anyone walking in and stuff like that. So, but I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I think it's a, I think it's a fair warning. Okay. Um, you know, we we've done an, a minute to basically say turn the show off so that you don't hear anything about the movie that you don't want to hear, and. Uh, uh, and yeah, so uh, so for John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Okay, so now we can talk Star Wars. Um, I think uh, I think the first thing to quickly mention is based off of the uh, poorly uh, received Last Jedi, and I'm talking about from the from the general audience, not necessarily us. And uh, this this movie was also kind of getting hammered when it came to like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. And so I was while we're watching this movie, I'm like, what are people hammering it about? It is there's a lot of stuff going on. So maybe 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 people think that it's a little bloated, which I I sort of get. But you're you're really trying to wrap up this nine movie story. Um and they did a lot of, you know, this was like the the Star Wars All Star movie, like all everyone is back, and so I'm just kind of wondering, like, what do you think is the problem that people actually had with this thing? I think the, the issues they have is, um, well, people are just overly critical, but I think, I think my it's kind of similar to my issues, even though it didn't affect my overall like enjoyment of the movie. I loved it a lot. It's just you know the fact that there's some stuff they could elaborate on that they kind of quickly went through especially in the beginning was like boom boom this boom to this to this this like i like 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 they had no time to really breathe like they had some i really wanted to sit there a little bit more with some of these scenes that they were quickly going through especially that first scene of of uh you know what was going on with kylo ren and what he was up to in the opening so i i i wish that was a little shorter but uh you know or not just a little longer not not shorter but you know it was but overall, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was a great film. So I think you know the, this this latest trilogy. The uh, you know Star Wars comes back. J.J. Abrams at the helm. Disney is running the show here. Really big boots to fill, but also trying to reverse 
what most people thought was not a good trilogy, which is the prequel trilogy. So you sort of have the, these these big shoes, but also you're trying to reverse a stigma about a franchise, and so you're kind of trying to pull it out of out of uh, a negative space because you know obviously in, in in the late '70s and early '80s, you know this thing is humongous, and then George Lucas brings it back, and you know it wasn't well received, and so so Star Wars is kind of cold. Um, Force Awakens comes out and it's boom, it's hot again. And I, I know a lot of people had problems with that movie, thinking it's copycat of A New Hope. I get it. Uh, I also think it was a safe thing, but because of the reasons I just said, of you're trying to bring something back that is not hot, I, I get why J.J. Abrams did it the way he did. So, with uh, with the second movie, which, you know, Ryan Johnson probably overcorrected a bit, but I still, you know, you take out about 20 minutes of can- uh, can- uh, Cantino Bite, yeah. or Canto Bite, and... and I think the movie is totally fine. It's actually really fun, but I get the I get the criticism there too uh, of that film because it just changed so much of what fans thought they knew about the Jedi and about Luke Skywalker and about what they thought they were going to get. Which is sort of like funny because you know we we talk we we look at it from uh, if you look at it from a wrestling booking perspective, right? Like we're we're always looking at this is how I would have done this and it would have made it better, and that's what we. Do. Like we we kind of you know we we Monday morning quarterback these uh, these shows and that's what a lot of people did with with um, the Last Jedi you know it was what you're not telling us who Ray's parents are in this movie that's why we were excited for it how dare you uh, you know have Luke Skywalker say that the, the the Jedi are are need to be destroyed like that's not the Luke that we know and so there was just a lot of perception about what they wanted in that movie and then what they got so. In this third movie you're just like okay are we gonna get the return of the jedi so that you know a majority of the fan base leaves happy or are we gonna get this mix of you know uh, of of trying to be creative but at the same time they had to button up a lot of these storylines and sort of end them with answers for us and so i thought you know with the hand that they had actually created, they weren't dealt this hand, they actually created it. I thought they closed the movie well, and we got a lot of answers to what we were seeking with whose Ray's family was, um, why uh, why she was feeling the way she did, her relationship with Luke, her relationship with with uh, Kylo. I thought all of those things were, were well done, but there is uh, a story that I think you kind of were, were talking about where, and, and we're not spoiling anything by saying this, but you know that in in the TV commercials, <clears throat> the Emperor's clearly uh, a, a plot point, and and so he does have uh, something to do with this movie. But there's not; they don't really do a good job of telling us why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They they need to elaborate on that. They need to elaborate on a certain um, <laughs> mole within the First Order. They need to, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they could elaborate on, but they only had, you know. I think they could have gone longer, honestly. And I think they could have gone, you know, Avengers, Endgame. Maybe not three hours, but they could have gone a lot longer with this movie to explain some. You know, maybe about a good ten minutes more, honestly. They could have added some some stuff to kind of kind of just tighten things up. And, you know, I wasn't really too... I wasn't really... 
I wanted more on the Snoke explanation. I wanted more on Ray's parentage explanation, and some. I think some flashback scenes would have helped out a lot with some of those scenes. And um, but overall, like I said, it, it had a level of big a, a lot. But I was trying to like when I'm way home today. I was trying to like think about this trilogy as a whole, right? And like the original trilogy, I mean, it's such a perfect beginning, middle, and end, right? Um, even the prequels have like a clear uh, beginning, middle, and end. This new trilogy, I think I would always think of it like there was a beginning, there was a beginning point two, and then there was a part three. Like there's there's a there's like a, a missing a missing movie here. Do you agree? Like I felt like there's a missing movie. I think. Cause, like to what what point why, why do you think that point two was skipped like what exactly are you <clears throat> well i think there should have been more to, like this whole stuff of palpatine like that started like no one's even talking of course they didn't even talk about palpatine or mention him i mean once i think because i think uh, luke does mention dark cities in last jedi but you know it was it was like almost like it to me i think palpatine kind of came out of nowhere honestly even though they do tie it with a certain something but like i just think it, it just i think they could have like teased that more or something personally but I mean, again like i just saw it and i think i need to i need to i need to watch this again to kind of take everything in and kind of relook at because even last jedi i really liked when i first saw it but it took me a couple times to really really enjoy it even i even made up joining it more when i actually watched it at home by myself instead of an audience where people are reacting to certain moments of the movie so um you know it played out better when i watched it alone at home um so i i i need to see this again definitely honestly i need to see it asap actually um but i think maybe sometime next week i'll go check it out again but uh i think i think they just it's needed more especially with the palpatine stuff it just it just kind of like to me and then it come out it just felt like a little bit out of nowhere and i think they could have like i said there's a few more scenes they could have added in that kind of explain the whole palpatine and what he had going and why he was you know recover you know how long he was covering for how long this plan he had for and all that stuff so there's a clear a uh, a story and b story that they they try to force the new the new character so ray poe um finn those new characters are the a story our old friends are more of the b story leia luke han do you think that they should have brought back our old friends because in every scene or in every every part of the movies that i remember they completely overshadow the new characters just be just by existing hey they they do overshadow in some cases but i think other cases they did not i think to me i'm more interested in the newer characters now like i'm really interested in finn and ray and poe and you know the new crew but you know i enjoyed what the classic characters gave to this story and helped out you know close it out i thought i thought they did a great job with lando i thought lando was perfect in his role it wasn't it wasn't too much and it wasn't too little in my opinion I but i i feel like in i feel like lando or uh, billy d williams steals every scene that he's in like like he like he comes on that screen and you're like Okay, this is the guy who knows exactly what he's doing. 
<laughs> well, do you think? Do you think it's because it's just like it's like an it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like an old warm blanket that you loved, like just seeing them again? Yeah, but, but that's that's somewhat that's somewhat why I think they all overshadow, right? Like I'm not saying that, and 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 you know Harrison Ford's in the first movie, he's also in this third movie. I won't spoil that because John is very sensitive to spoilers, even though the, the no, you can this, spoil this it now. I gave him a warning. I mean, it's it's yeah, I'm I, I'm, I'm but, still in that mode of not spoiling things. I'm kind of like beating around a bush of some stuff, but I mean, we could go full spoilers. I just, you know, I think I thought I thought that, that Lando Billy D did a great job. You know, he did laugh a lot. <laughs> like I think he had like a four or five of those, which is okay because I love the Lando laugh. You know, he's he's the smoothest. But, but basically, like okay, when when I think about the 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 poignant scene in this film, it has to do with Han Solo, who we know died in in uh, Force Awakens. And it's not like it's a great acting performance by Han Solo. It's just the mere fact that Han freaking Solo is back in this movie. And that's why it's the the best scene or the most memorable scene to me. And that's that's why you know the, the uh, as great uh, as as uh, you know as Adam Driver did uh, whether or not you think that, I, I think he did a really good job. He's great. You know, he's, he's an emo, an emo bad guy, which I think a lot of people have, have some problems with, uh, Daisy Ridley, you know, she has her funny faces that she makes, but she is a heroine to the utmost degree. You know, we just saw Rhea Ripley, uh, win the title, like Daisy Ridley is the Rhea Ripley of this movie, but, Every time she's with Leia or with Luke or with Han, my eyes, because of my generation, I am watching the old characters more closely because it's like my old friends are back versus who are these new people that I sort of have to learn to love. And and it's unfair to them because I've seen A New Hope and Empire and Return of the Jedi probably 45 times combined, and I've only seen these guys a few times. So it's just it's just natural, right? It's just natural for, for us to react in that way. And I do wonder if they redid, uh, you know, if, if we gave them the opportunity to do a new series without our old heroes I wonder if it would be received a little bit better because it would give them a chance to tell a, a, a brand new story and not be uh, handicapped to you know what George Lucas created because you don't want to you know, you don't want to uh, hurt the feelings of those fans who love this thing from the beginning and I think and what Mandalorian's proving you know you have all these new characters um, that are not in the Skywalker story, right? But I mean, they, there is some nostalgia too with it. You know, there. You know, I'm not gonna spoil anything from you because I know you haven't watched the last couple episodes. But yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through. I need to catch up. You know, they, 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 they. Maybe, maybe it's a certain place or a certain, you know, sound. Like they, they, they bring out the nostalgia within it. So I think even going in the future films, whenever they happen down the line, I don't think they should happen anytime soon. They should, I think they should give a good, nice little four year or five year wait till they do another star Wars film. But they grow, but I'm okay to get my star Wars fixed with Disney plus. Um, when they introduce a whole new story with all these whole new characters, um, I think people won't, won't, it won't be the crutch of like having to, you know, hold on to the old characters so they already wrapped that up so i I think it's i think i think going i think this was a smart move of you know wrapping this this skywalker story up and then moving on to something else in the future the one thing i will say and and we we kind of end this and and let people go check it out if they haven't yet but um one thing i will say is it is such a 
it, it, it's it's unfortunate that just for the film, and this is sort of a selfish Star Wars fan, but if Carrie Fisher is able to film these scenes in the way that they had written them, I th- I, th- I think it would have been so much better because there is a li- you can tell. Now, now, maybe you can't tell if you didn't know, but, you know, I'm watching for this stuff because I know. I'm like, okay, how, how are they f- how are they buttoning her into, into some of these scenes? Because there are some scenes where she doesn't even have a line, but you kind of need her for the moment. And, like, I'm like okay like that was that had to be something from the last movie that they just kind of shoved in there um i I wonder if doing animation would have possibly been better and having a a voice actress do her voice if that would have been better i don't know if that would have been or not but it is definitely no it's definitely going to be noticeable for the people who are closely following this thing to go uh you know if she was just you know i I think though all of those scenes would have just been better i thought they did a good job with it it wasn't as great a job as they did with Tarkin in Rogue One. I thought that was mm-hmm. much better done. But, you know, I thought they did their best they can in an unfortunate situation. And there is, like, a moment that I kind of, you know, not to get misty-eyed with, but I kind of had a little, like, aw moment, like when Billy Lord has, like, a quick little dialogue scene with her mom, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I just mm-hmm. thought that was a cool thing. Like, they did a lot of cool stuff. And, sure, it's a lot of fan service, right? But, like... Yep. Absolutely. You know what? But that's how you pay off a fun eye like this. Like, don't you, don't you think Avengers Endgame was a lot of fan service too? You know, like that's what you do with these big, these big blockbusters, movies with these, these, these long histories and stories. You, you give the fans what they want, and I think that's what JJ did, and I think what Star Wars needed, and I think people are going to be generally happy. They're going to be those overcritical people, you know. But oh well, you know. Like I think a lot of if you're a Star Wars fan and you, you know, I think you'll be definitely happy with this movie. So I will compare it to a movie that came out last year that for another franchise that I'm a huge fan of, which is the Rocky franchise. So Creed 2 came out last year, and I know a lot of people didn't really like it as a movie because Creed, the original Creed was so well done. But what Creed 2 was, was it was a lot of fan service, like you just said. And actually, Creed 2 made a lot of money. And it was, you know, taking an old Rocky Four storyline and, you know, turning it from 1985 Mm -hmm. and turning it into a storyline for a new movie some 33 years later. And I felt as a Rocky fan, I'm watching this movie and I'm watching it with just as critical eyes as I'm watching the Star Wars movie going like, okay, how are they going to answer this question? And how are they going to answer this question? And I thought they did it. They did a really good job with it, with all of those questions that I had, that I had. And, and similarly here, like this movie, there's a sense of finality to it, but there's also a sense of like, you know, maybe they could, do something with these characters again down the line so it's not like they shut the they shut the door on it but if you want all the small um the small connections to older movies and the cute things that they do with you know chewbacca or with the ending of the movie where ray goes all of those things are done with the hardcore star wars fan in mind like that like we are going to do this for you because you've been there with us through this whole time. Like, you know, I, I, I think my dad took me out of school early to see Return of the Jedi in 1983, yep, right? Yep, same with me. And, 
And so, you know, these things are done more as a sort of like a thank you to us. So, well, some people may not like them or think that they're cheap or, you know, shortcuts or whatever. I really enjoyed it because I'm like, look, I've invested, you know, if you think about me as a Star Wars fan. I've invested several hundred hours to the franchise via movies and books and um, video games and all that stuff, right? So if they're going to think of me as a fan instead of someone who is brand new to the series, yeah, I think they should do that because I've invested a little bit more time than someone who hasn't. And and I'm fine with that. And, you know, if that's what people criticize, so be it. But I, I will never criticize stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me neither. I, like I said, I enjoyed it as a huge Star Wars fan I just like loved it um, there's like every Star Wars film I have issues there's a few things but it didn't really hurt my overall thoughts in this movie and how it ended and I'm, I'm interested to see what they have going forward because they you know I'm, I'm really excited about the stuff they have in the in the in the queue for uh, Disney Plus, I think that's going to be some great stuff. And if you're a Star Wars fan that followed, I'm talking about followed not just the movies but like Rebels and stuff like that, I think you're going to be you're going to really enjoy this. Yeah. Okay. So the, now, now this is us uh, really shutting down for good. It is, it is late where where we are. So, again, uh, thanks, John, for hanging out, and uh, we will be back next week.